What is truth? These famous words were spoken by one, Pontius Pilate, governor of Judea, at the trial of Jesus. Why did he ask such a question? Not because he wanted to know what the truth actually was. It was only meant to mock our Lord. The full verse says, you say that I am king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Perhaps the real question is, do you hear the voice of Christ or the voice of the world? We discuss this and many more things today as we take this time to stop and think about it. Hello? Hello, anybody home? I'm thinking, I think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It. A podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment. And the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual. This podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners. Welcome to another episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. Today we have a spiritual smorgasbord for you. You see, there is still much continued political unrest, and I know many of you listening right now are perhaps really struggling with what's going on in the United States of America. Does Christ want our hearts to be troubled? When Jesus was on his way to the cross and the world of the disciples was about to be shattered, bewildered, they were going to be confused and ridden with much anxiety because of the events that were about to transpire and unfold in their lives, anticipating such devastation within them, Jesus spoke words of comfort to their hearts. And he said, let not your hearts be troubled. And I think these very words need to comfort our hearts if, in fact, our hearts are riddled with anxiety right now. So, Glenroy, let's give our own State of the Union. We have no governmental office, but we're going to give the State of the Union right now because there was uh, tons of months where there was tons of riots um, yet, whoa, no whoa, 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 uh, Pastor Phil, yeah. right? I know there was some peaceful protesting going on, well, mostly peaceful, <laughs> mostly peaceful protesting, yeah. right? With fire, with bricks, with shattering windows, and with uh, looting, which the Bible actually just calls stealing. <laughs> and guess what? As long as it's a socially acceptable issue, it's protesting. There you go. There you go. And so uh, where are we? Is this kind of soft tyranny? Are we moving to like a one-party rule here? Uh, where do you think we're headed? Well, before I even answer that question, is it, you know, I'm not a big fan of memes, but this meme, I think, put it in context. Okay. The BLM riots or Black Lives Matter riots lasted for seven months. It was condemned mostly by Republicans, encouraged by the media and politicians, and the police force was used to stop it. 23-plus people were shot dead, about 700 officers were injured, and 150 federal buildings were damaged, and hundreds of small businesses were destroyed. No outrage. 
I'm gonna read about the riot that has happened now, though. It's wait, gonna wait. be different. That wasn't mostly peaceful protest. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> it lasted for several hours. Now, it's been about a week of 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 footage of it, and they keep looping the same footage. But it was several hours. Right. It was condemned by all Republicans and Democrats and Christians and Muslims and anybody they could find. Sure. Right. Encouraged only by French political groups. Police force was also used. One person was shot dead and 14 officers were injured and one federal building was damaged. When, when they say damaged, they mean they came into the building right? and no small businesses were destroyed. I just wanted to get this kind of context into this whole yes. thing. Several hours, several months. One is the destruction of our society as we know it. And the other was mostly peaceful. Right. Now, how come one group <clears throat> at the Capitol well, they were a violent mob of thugs, and, and the other group, well, peaceful protesting. Well, Target and uh, Wendy's, you can burn that down. Right. But you cannot go to the people's house and say that you're upset at the, the elected politicians. That's the difference. Right, right. And so, you know, it just – it seems that um, – there is a different goalpost of truth, so to speak, for for different groups of people. So when one group does something, well, it's wrong. And another group does the same thing for a longer period of time, more intense, and it's not so bad. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe that the Bible says that the Lord abhors unjust weights. Yes. And it, it I mean, it almost blows my mind that – the stuff we see in front of us, the Bible has already addressed things like this. Um, thousands of years, even before things like this have taken place. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like God somehow knew the hearts of men and how men would operate out of wicked hearts. So just to keep that in perspective, we had a civil war where hundreds of thousands of people, this is not the first time sure. people in the United States have not peacefully. Now, I, I want to bring this into a little bit of context. The war was about slavery. The war was about the South and the North. But the war was precipitated specifically, not that I'm advocating that today, because Abraham Lincoln was elected and they said, we're not having that. right? Because we know that this guy is going to get rid of slavery and he's going to take and he's going to try to keep push the South down. That was not a peaceful transition of power. Okay, so to make it seem as this is some kind of aberration in society, once again, you are not advocating that the rest of the podcast is going to tell us we do not advocate what happened that day. Sure. But it is not the end of civilization. It is not the end of the American um, experiment. And I think you're to go back to the original question you ask is this is soft tyranny. This is censorship. This is, I think. The reaction to what happened is more destructive than what happened on those th- several hours. It, it, it is it is beyond the pale, and I hope we get a chance to talk about it a little bit. I don't want to take up too much of the time. Sure, but one of the one of the the, the things that happened in reaction to this because I don't want to spend too much time on the rioting because it's it's people broke into the, the state capitol. Sure, and they. Some of them were intent on violence. Sure. And our elected officials, which God says that we're supposed to pray for, were in some danger. 
Yes. Right. I don't even want to discuss the fact that why wasn't there more security with the vice president of the United States there? Why was there no security with with the full House and Senate there? That's a different discussion. We're not pol- politicians. We're 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 people of God. Sure. But in the aftermath. And I'm just going to give you one example in the aftermath of this. With the riots that happened, everyone who was there, is, their video is shown, their names are shown, where they're from, what their businesses are, are being broadcasted on the news. No due, due process, no ability to be in court to defend themselves, right? While with the protest, you couldn't mention who these people were, you couldn't mention their names, and it was right that they did it. Second thing. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, let me just jump in there. Not only was it right, but uh, people such as Kamala Harris and others were advocating uh, the bailout, which mm. a lot of money came into. So they would just they would swing into the jail and swing right out. There was one there was one group, um, Pastor Phil, where they were law students, they firebombed the police car and they were bailed out immediately. Wow. Unjust weights. Unjust weights. So I um, had a conversation with one young person and uh, this young person had said, you know, well, I understand if they, you know, mess up a white person's business or community. But, you know, if they come to our our community, um, you know, that's that's really messed up. So I, I said, isn't wrong wrong? But to this young person, like wrong was not wrong. And so we're, we're Christians. We say, listen, any destruction, breaking in, breaking and enter, it's all wrong. But here's, here's the key. We have a consistency that the world doesn't have because we're not using unjust weights. We're using one standard, the word of God. And, and that's the standard across the board. We don't have one standard for this thing and another standard for that thing over there. You know, I mean, imagine if they did that, you know, in a football game. <laughs> You know, the, these people can can play by these rules, and the other team plays by these rules. Then, what's the sense in playing the game if the rules are different for different people? But I mean, that's what it seems like happens with many people in leadership. There's got to be one standard for everybody, and not multiple standards. And depending on who you are and which way the political wind is blowing, you just change the standard. No, God hates and abhors unjust weights. And if God hates it, we should hate what God hates. We don't hate the people, right? We don't hate the people. We love the people because they're creating the image of God. Um, but we hate the hypocrisy, the the the, the systemic um, postmodern relative uh, unlawful, unbiblical responses to things. Some of our, our listeners are getting the dictionary out. Uh, they're, uh, they're doing some Google right there. Um, and, 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 and I want to just address, and you said a lot of things, but I want to address one thing. Address where, where they're they're saying the president isn't above the law. And yeah, but I don't think the phrase, the way they're using it is meant the way it's meant. Yes, he's not above the law, but he's also not below the law, where you kind of throw the book and kind of hit him with it over, over the head. Ah. A normal person would not be on it would not be getting charged for a riot because they made a speech or they said you know what i don't think this you know you get what i'm saying like they they're holding him to a higher standard 
So remember, a just weight is equal across the board. Sure. You don't now if you if you are someone in authority like the president and you do something criminal, you should get punished. Sure. But if you're but if you would have let a regular person off with the exact same crime that's done throughout the time, you shouldn't punish him unduly. And that's the part of that phrase that's confusing where where you're saying you're not above the law. So that means that I should do every jot and tittle of the law and and then call and then do something be and put you in jail for 500 years which has happened to our regular citizens. Sure. Now, the second thing I wanted to address in this where are we kind of in the soft tyranny is. Let me just let me just slide in real quick before you address the second part. So, we're supposed to have due process, right? Mm-hmm. Every person is supposed to have due process. But I mean, if you have Jeffrey Dahmer that gets more due process mm-hmm. than the president of the United States, uh I mean, I don't know a whole lot, but a problem here? That that is <laughs> that is a big problem. It doesn't make sense. No, again, it's an unjust weight. And so, you know, the president, every president, every citizen is a citizen and deserves due process, every single person. But, you know, to to, to hang someone without any process, without any due process, I mean, that's completely going against our constitution and our laws. And once again, we're not advocating, we're not saying what the particulars are. It's just... sure. A just weight is just, and an unjust weight is unjust. And it, it, should, it should be right across the board. Yeah, follow the evidence where it leads. Listen, somebody says something, and then you prove it in court, then boom, they're guilty of it. But to have no due process, to have no trial for it, <laughs> then why do we have laws? Hey, you can impeach a president within six hours with no no, 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 no um, hearings, no evidence, no... <laughs> Nothing. I've never seen that in my life. But anyway, second thing. Yes, number two. And this is just, remember, there's multiple things. And I'm sure you guys are listening, screaming, and can name 50 things that's gone outrageously. But there, you, you're familiar with Twitter. I've never used it. I will never use it. But Twitter is the king of short-lived social media. You know, you're able right. to just say whatever. So they kicked the president off, which is fine. Private company, do whatever you want to do. And many others. (laughs) (laughs) There's a company, an alternative that's been bandied about for a couple of years called Parler. Right. I don't know much about it. I I just know it's an alternative. I'm not advocating for or against it. Because that's an option for the president and they want to eliminate his voice, which to me sounds like a dictatorship. They have removed Parler from Google Apps, from Facebook, and this thing I've never seen in my life where Amazon does servers. So if you, everyone doesn't know what a server is, is basically when you're on the internet, you have to be, you have to have a, a location, you have to have some kind of holding space where people then can access your information. Right. And so Amazon has the largest um, space. We're probably on it <laughs> right now. You know, because they 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 made a push to be the largest server group in the world, and so they've removed them. So you can't even find them. So you can't get it through your app. You can't get it through your Google thing. And then if there's an option for a third party, you can't do that either because it, they don't exist right now. So it's 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 not even censorship. It's not cancel culture. It's like they don't exist. And to me, 
I know it's silly. I know it's just social media. I know it's not the life and death. But if they can do that to an organization, oh, say it. Well, like they it can is. do it. They can do it to me. They can they do, it to, do you. it to you. Yeah, yeah, and they, they're actually doing it to people, and they have been for a year or so. But you know, it, to me, this this is more than a soft tyranny. This is outright tyranny. And it, it if you're on the other side of the aisle. It may seem like, yeah, you know, they deserve that. But I'm just telling you, when people start censoring and they start removing and they start deleting, they never stop. It is a power that is too intoxicating. And I would say from a secular viewpoint, this is a very scary time. But thank God that we're not secular. <laughs> I would, Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I would probably use cancel culture as a phrase uh, in this mix in the sense that, listen, if, if you have um, the controls and you can hit the mute button, you're like, listen, I'm in charge. I don't want to hear any opposing views then everybody is thinking in the same way. You're being forced, you're being channeled to think in one way and any other way, although our culture says, oh, we want all viewpoints, we want all voices. How is that true if you're saying we want all voices, but then we're canceling the voices that we don't like? And so, you know, when you have this thing when you impeach a president in six hours, basically what it is, is we have the majority of people, we're in charge, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. It's not like there was this big consensus and everybody kicked it around and, and, and there was some kind of due process where you weighed things out and you brought evidence and there was a trial. None of that. No, we have the majority of something. We don't like it. And so, you know, that's the name of that game. The reason why I, I would say if you're a secular person, if you're looking at the way America was founded, if you're looking at rule of law, the essence of America is the fact that the majority cannot override everyone, that there is a place for the minority where if you're a Muslim or you're a Hindu or if you're a Christian and you just happen to not make up the, the, the majority, your rights are protected. And now they're saying, nope, if you do not agree, if you're not of the 51%, you don't matter. And we're, we're going to get rid of you. And I think that's a, a dangerous and a scary thing. But what, look, not going to stay here. You know, if that was the end, if, if if Christ being on the cross was the end of the whole thing, it would be a bleak thing. Before we jump on, though, I wanted to say we probably have to give a give a, a notice out to our, our listeners that, hey, we may have to send you CDs or email you the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how the censorship ship goes, you may not be able to get it from our website anymore. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. But it seems like the State of the Union would be postmodernism if I have to just uh, qualify it or define it. Um, and postmodernism would literally mean after modernism, a philosophy that affirms that there is no objective or absolute truth. And I know we've touched on this before. Um, and so truth would be that which corresponds with reality. And if something is true, it's true for all people at all times and all places. So uh, the, 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 there's a, the sun is in the sky. Uh, it is whatever, 186,000 miles away from the earth, and it, it beams its rays onto the earth. It doesn't matter if somebody doesn't believe that. Uh, facts are facts. 
unless I was off on the mileage there, but there is an exact uh, number there on the mileage. And so I, I just, I can't say I don't believe in the sun. I don't believe it's this distance from the earth, but I would be wrong because it's not about per se what I believe. It is about what is true. But what happens again, um, let's say in a football game, I think the Super Bowl is coming up. Let's say whatever team is is running with the ball, uh, the person runs in the end zone, and as he steps his foot into the end zone, somehow uh, uh, two referees pick up the goalpost and they run it back further, and then the guy gets tackled and he doesn't make it in the end zone. You're moving the goalposts of truth. So that's what seems to be happening. If you can make up your own truth, then you have no truth. And that's what it seems like a lot of uh, is happening right now. We have relative truth, a loss of discernment. We have much pluralism. Um, so in other words, no religion could say that they're right or pronounce itself as true with c- competing uh, other religions that then one would say is false. But I mean, listen, if Christ is true, then all other are wrong. If, if Jesus is the only way, then all other ways would not be ways to get to heaven and to get to the father. Well, Pastor, well, Pastor Phil, I just, I just, I, I want to quote um, the great, uh, well, I don't know if he's great, but the old Pontius Pilate, what is truth, right? That's the same. That's how we started. Is what is truth? Yes. And today we're, we're, we're if you read it, you're, you're laughing. Like, what does he mean? <laughs> what is truth? But that's, that's, that's what postmodernism says. What is truth? Or more primarily, what is truth to you? Ooh, you just brought it to a new level. What is truth for you? So, I mean, if I say, listen, chocolate chip cookie dough is the right ice cream flavor. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> right? That's an opinion. Right? So, f- for me, you know, that's my favorite. Um, but here's the thing. It is true that God gave me the taste buds to prefer that flavor, perhaps over other flavors. Although... There are other flavors that come in a close second. <laughs> you know, you're sounding a little uh, postmodern right now in the way you're responding to that. Anyway, right. so think about, it. Right. think about it. Think about it. Let's, let's keep in the context of what we're talking about. For seven months of protest and destruction and, and all this kind of stuff, some people are they're saying postmodern wise, it's mostly peaceful. Right. The, for the seven hours, the attack on the Capitol, where the majority of people did not go in there, but the majority of people were not there to cause that issue, it's not mostly peaceful. when you have subjective truth when there is no barrier you can make whatever you want to happen when you have dead people voting you can't say there was fraud but if you say fraud then you're implying large scale and it's like this sliding range of truth and i think in order to be a believer you 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 have to have one objective truth and i think one of the you you evangelize every Monday, and I think we're going to start doing every Saturday now, Pastor Phil. What's the one thing that people just do not want to accept, that we have to constantly, we have to start there first? Um, The culture wants to define sin off the face of the earth. Um, It's not sin, it's just a differing of opinion. Um, And they'll say, well, many cultures don't have a concept of sin. Well... (laughs) Uh, sure they do. Sure they, they have. Do. They have a concept of murder, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So you know, I mean, if you go into uh, culture A and you steal something from you know their home, 
they're not going to be okay with that. <laughs> they, be ch- they, they chop off hands in other cultures. They, they do. They do. They, right at the wrist. It's it's gone. And so what do we do now? Oh, D.A. Carson, he saw the dangers of pluralism, and he stated, in my most somber moods, I sometimes wonder if the ugly face of what I refer to as philosophical pluralism is the most dangerous threat to the gospel since the rise of the Gnostic heresy in the second century. And so the Gnostic heresy would be, you know, this whole thing about secret knowledge. Like we know, we know the real deal and, and you don't, we have the, we have the secret insight. Um, we know that we know the truth and, and you don't, you haven't discovered it yet, but, but we know it. So Pastor Phil, you're, you're basically saying the, the, everyone's talking about Trump. And everyone over there is talking about the election, and these people are talking about the rioters, and these people are talking about, you know, the attack on democracy, and this is about, and these people are talking about peaceful transfer. And I think what you're saying is the main issue here, one, sin, (laughs) but there is no objective truth. And once there is no objective truth, all these chaoses are going to happen all at once. Is that that what you're saying? Sure. Sure. I mean, if you have no truth, then... Then anything goes. Hmm. Then you know who's who's ever in charge can just call it not as it is, but as they want it to be. So imagine an an, an, an umpire behind the plate. So the the pitcher pitches the ball; it goes way over the head of the batter, and they go strike. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a strike, but if he says, "Listen, that's the way that I see it." Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the way you see it, but that's not actually the way it was because you know it hit the little boy, knocked the ice cream out of the stand. You know, with, with the kid in the stand, and you know it, it, it didn't go in the strike zone. You watch the video, and it's it, when you watch the, the the replay of the video. I mean, it just doesn't hold true. It did not hit in the strike zone. Pass the foot. You just described every playoff game my team lost. <laughs> so 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 anyway so we're here right we're here we talk about the state of it i'm telling you right now in my in my secular in my in my flesh this is this is scary i mean are we going to end the podcast here or is uh, should everyone just kind of get into a bunker like i've had christian friends or who tell me to buy a lot of food and make sure i have my food is stocked i mean is that is that where are we supposed to go hide in in in, in our homes i mean are are these objections? Are these fears something that we should really be? Should we be scared right now? No, no, we are not to be scared whatsoever. Um, we see all throughout the scriptures um, that God's people were treated in a certain way. We see it all the way back in Exodus. Uh, their people were put in slavery and in bondage, and and, and God. God was uh, merciful and he saw them through. He, he brought them out. He was faithful toward them. And we see it again and again and again. And um, I mean, if you have uh, leaders that oppose the Christian worldview um, and that are proponents of wickedness, and we define that by that which is against the scriptures, not that which is against cultural popular opinion. Um, we can still live and exist within such uh, such a, a nation and a country. Just look about it. Uh, um, look at the reality of so many Christians in so many persecuted nations 
and yet they're still being the church and they're still growing, even though some of them are martyred. Could that happen here? It could. It absolutely could. Um, is it happening now? Uh, not not in the same intensity, not in, you know, we're going to kill you. As, as far as I know, I guess maybe it happened here and there. Um, you know, we had the Columbine shooting and, and, and other such things here and there. People going into churches and shooting folks. You know, but listen, um, we need a biblical response because many Christians are struggling with what's happening right now politically. Um, and so we don't control the outcome. We just navigate with the outcome that that is in front of us. But, but pastor, but pastor, okay. To me, in my political worldview, Biden is, I mean, do you at least agree that a Biden presidency is not good for the state of the Christian world right now? I mean, I think there's going to be opposition to Christians. I, I, I definitely do. I think that some of the things that he recently signed, um, I mean, he put his hand on apparently a family Bible that's kind of an heirloom, but you put your hand on top of it, but do you believe what's beneath your hand in the pages that are written below the palm of your hand? Um, even even things written by the palmist. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say that. And remember, we, we're not, we, look, he's our president. He is. We are to respect the rulers. But before he was president, he said palmist, and it's psalmist. And, and it's psalmist. So, so, so when some, when that happens, it's funny and it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the the psalms, and I preach on this. Uh, I believe it was called uh, "Raging Nations, Righteous God," and that is available in sermon audio. Um, it reads, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his, his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. And so basically the nations are counseling together. And what is their a playbook? What, what are they going by for the counsel into what should we do to govern people? Uh, are they using the truth of God's word? No, I don't think so. But our country was really founded on Christian Judeo principles. That's why we are endowed uh, with these certain unalienable rights from our creator. Well, who was the creator that the founders and the framers of the Constitution had in mind? It, it wasn't Allah. It wasn't Buddha, it wasn't Muhammad, and it wasn't Jamama. I mean, it, it it was the God of the scriptures, of the Bible. And so that is the standard by which we need to go by. But the nations, I mean, all around the world, okay, so, they rage so, against God. So, so Biden, bad for Christianity, right? God, God's in control. God's sure. in control. Well, how do we as believers respond? Do we do what they did to Trump for four years? No, no, I, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You know, we should say, hey, you know, let's do whatever we can to, to just get him out of office or anything like that. No, um, I, I, I think that we need to uh, very much look at the scriptures and how did uh, other rulers and leaders. Uh, or God's people respond to rulers and leaders that were ungodly. Because, of course, 
So let me read Daniel 2.21, which says, He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And so we see that God, he sets up and he pulls down rulers, and the sun sets on everyone's ruling and reigning. It is um, just a matter of time before one is set up and one comes down. And so everybody you know, has a, has a term limit, if you will. Um, and so when I think about like David, when Saul was the king, uh, Saul didn't like David because people were saying, you know, Saul has slayed his thousands. David is 10,000. There was much jealousy. And Saul tried to kill David. He tried to throw spears and he wanted to pin David to the wall, even though David was good and kind towards Saul and protected Saul and won victories on behalf of Saul. Um, one of the things that David never did is he never picked up a spear and threw it back. So, wait, Pastor Phil, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me we 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 we're about uh we're we're about half an hour into this, and you're telling me that your advice to our listeners is that God is in control. Yes, and turn the other cheek. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, let me clean up what turn the other cheek would mean. Turn the other cheek doesn't mean if somebody punches you in your left cheek that you swing and say, you know what? G- give me a give me a nice shiner here on my right cheek. <laughs> even it out. Even it out. Yeah, even it out. Just wait. Yeah, really break my jaw. I, it doesn't mean that at all. But it means, listen, if they if they are attacking you for Christ, so to speak, then you you turn the other cheek. Uh, and they can continue the attack because God is in charge of all things. He sees all things. And just like the pilot who says truth, what is truth? And was responsible for hanging Jesus on the cross. When Pilate died and he opened his eyes on the other, other side of eternity, the table was flipped. And so who was he looking at when he stood before the throne? He was looking at Christ and everything was flipped because this was now an eternal judgment and an eternal sentence. And so listen, God is going to have the last laugh. And yes, it is going to be a laugh, which it says in uh, Psalm chapter two, again, that he who uh, sits in heavens, he who sits in the heavens, he laughs. And and it is, a, it's a mocking laugh. Right. And, 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 and remember, turn the other cheek. Another simpler way to say it is, the, getting slapped on the cheek doesn't hurt. It's supposed to hurt your feelings. It's supposed to hurt your pride. It's supposed to hurt you in an emotional way. So turn the other one. Say, hey, this is not going to affect me. You know, it's not costing my life. It's not causing my livelihood. You want to throw water on me? Okay, throw, you know, th- g- g- here's another cup. Throw another water on me. That's the the mentality. So, but at the end of the day, right, we shouldn't respond with violence, right? We're not advocating what happened at the Capitol. Well, Example is when, when 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 Peter goes to cut off the guard who's going to take Christ. Right, what Christ said in, in John eighteen thirty six, you know, why are you doing this violence? Right, he didn't. He did, we don't condone violence. Right? In no way. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter was trying to take his head off, and he was a bad <laughs> shot. I mean, he was a fisherman. He wasn't. Hey, whatever you th- whatever your truth is for you, sir. <laughs> you know. And I I just think as a bad shot, you know, he caught the ear instead of the neck. Um, And and Jesus said, listen, put your sword away. You know, we we don't we don't fight like that. Um, As a matter of fact, um, Jesus, um, you know, would say, uh, 
my kingdom is not of this world. And so when people would put on Christians and they would say, these are your people. In other words, people who broke into the Capitol, those are your people. Um, I'm sorry. I don't think you get to define who my people are. Why don't you ask me who my people are instead of telling me who my people are? Um, because Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom of this world were of this world, uh, they would fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that's not what they're doing. So please don't tell me who my people are. My right. people are not doing such things. Uh, now, even if you say that they are, I could just say, well, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you can play that game. So, okay. So we're not, we're not supposed to do violence. No. We're, we're supposed to respect the authority. So he's our president. He's I, our president. He got inaugurated recently. I'm done. I, I, I said, look, this is, the, this is the president that you've chosen. I pray it all goes well. I know what's coming. I'm not responding with violence. We're going to, you know, proceed because ultimately I think what I got from what you said, it was God is our King. Yes. <laughs> He's in control of all things. And these are temporary things. So, so then what then should we tell these believers? What should our aim be? Cause you're not saying to not do anything, right? We just don't be violent sure. about it. And, 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 and let, let me, let me slide this in here. So I understand some people, you know, say, listen, we don't accept the election. Understand that God is sovereign. God sets up rulers. It's not simply man that chooses. So whether you agree or disagree, that doesn't matter. This is God's sovereignty at work. God is not like, oh, what happened over there? I I couldn't control things. With all the elections that ever took place, God was the one who established every president from uh, George Washington to Joe Biden and every single person in between. And it doesn't matter if you like them or didn't like them, if you agreed with them or don't agree with them. God establishes rulers, and there's no two ways about it. Biblically, uh, we absolutely must accept that reality. Even in Acts 1, right? Jesus, Acts 1, 6 to 8, Jesus says, you know, He's telling them not to make an earthly kingdom because they're they're saying when is the kingdom going to be restored? And he's telling them it's not my kingdom is none of this world. Exactly. So this is not you know. Listen, we need to just have a righteous political party and just make everything better. Uh, that is actually not what the Bible is advocating for. It's not to just get a conservative, a biblical party to then rule and reign. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is truth. The kingdom of God uh, is God ruling the hearts on the inside, not from the White House, not from the State House, not from Gracie Mansion or wherever is. (laughs) You're saying I shouldn't follow the former president. I shouldn't follow the current president. I shouldn't follow the governor. who, Who are we supposed to follow? I mean. Right. And so here's what we do. We look through the scriptures and we follow Christ. And where a governor or where a leader um, endorses scripture, then we agree with them. And where they don't endorse scripture, then we say, listen, we disagree with their position, with their stance, even with the laws that they may come down with. Listen, we're against abortion because God hates those that shed innocent blood. He doesn't just hate the act, he hates the actor. 
But that doesn't mean that we violently go and we now attack abortionists and abortion doctors and those who are having abortions. We don't do that. All those people are creating the image of God. We have no reason. We have no biblical support to attack people that are breaking God's laws because the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God will take care of all of it. It's all going to come out in the wash and we ought not be discouraged uh, let not your hearts be troubled. And so I, I completely agree uh, with you. Jesus could have sent a legion of angels and a legion is 6,000 soldiers. And yet he didn't do it. He said, but if I want to, I can call upon my father to send a legion of angels and he could just wipe everybody out. And he was the ruler of the world. He was the one who made Pilate and made the religious leaders that were condemning him to death. And even he did not lift up a hand of violence against anybody. And so all those who were committing violence, you can't commit violence and be following Christ at the same time. I'm going to give you another example. And I think sure. a biblical example. And, I, you know, you guys, hey, you're going to listen to this podcast. You got to have that Bible out, right? We're going to tell you verses. There you go. Philippians chapter, and not to be confused with, Pastor Phil. Philippians <laughs> chapter 3, verse 17 talks about Paul says, Follow my example, right? Be followers of me and mark them who also walk the same. And wh 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 why am I talking about this? Because at that time, Paul's in prison. Yes. Paul's, we think America is bad. <laughs> we think what's going on is bad. Paul's in a prison being persecuted for being a Christian. Yes. On his way to death in, in a godless, they Christianity was not even a thought in their minds, a godless society, and there was definitely unjust weights. And he's saying, follow my example. And I think his example would be, for the kingdom's sake, he was willing to be martyred. For the kingdom's sake, he was willing to suffer knowing that this um, system of justice was completely corrupt. But he said, you know what? It's more important to me to, to, to talk about my God and my Christ than it is for me to try to overturn this government. He was not trying to overturn the government as was, but he was operating within the laws that were there. And you know what? To this day, 2,000 years later, we're talking about this man. Yeah. And let's even rewind in Paul's life. What was he doing before he was the Apostle Paul? Persecuting the church. He was the thug <laughs> against yeah. the church. And what did God do? He took the thug against the church and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Christ took it personally that he came against his people and he turned his heart. Mm. He didn't kill Paul. He could have, but he didn't. He changed him. He killed him on the inside, so to speak. He ripped out his heart of stone and he replaced it with a heart of flesh. And he said to himself, as someone who was against God before, who am I now to fight? Yes. What God has set forward for me, which is to be a sacrifice in a sense. And, and, and we are all called not to die, not to suffer, but to, to sacrifice ourselves. The, the, the scripture says to have a living sacrifice. And if that means we got to deal with some high taxes, <laughs> if that means we're going to have to deal with a little bit of persecution, it doesn't mean that we stop behaving like Christians. It doesn't mean that we stop operating according to the rules. I think there's one scripture where it says, you being saved by the spirit, now you want to live by the law. You're like you living all this time being a Christian and, and following the tenets of God, do not now when you know the government looks shaky, 
begin to operate in a completely different light. We, we stay Christians. We stay believers. And we act according to Scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, just as we look, um, we we remember that that Paul wrote Romans 13 about submitting to the government, of course, where the government does not violate the word of God. And he says, listen, submitting to the government, the police, the authorities, um, that's submitting to God because they're God's servants on the earth. And the leader at that time was Nero, who was burning Christians on the stake to light up his garden. And when Rome was burned down, he blamed the Christians for what happened. And so that was an extremely politically corrupt government. And Paul navigated even through that time, and he never lifted a finger of violence against he, anyone. He didn't, he didn't advocate overthrow? No. Nope. He, he, we just had another sermon recently about contentment, and they talked about how being a slave, stay a slave, being unmarried, stay we have to be content, guys. We have yes. to be content because, as you said, Pastor Phil, this is a more. It, it, it's it, it. These leaders are going to come and go. Society's going to. America might go. It but could. God's going to still be here. And it so, could. if our trust is in Him, why are we afraid? Do not be afraid. Big word, trust. So I gave my children the. Uh, the memory verse in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. That wait, would, wait, 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 you mean some, right? No, in all your ways, in the ways you respond to things you disagree with, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So our trust is in Christ. It's not in government. Whether you like or dislike a leader, our trust is still not in the leader per se, because some will trust in horses and chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. We don't lean on our own understanding. Okay, pa- okay, Pastor, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I think we, I think we want them over. But well, what do we do? I mean, how should we respond in our social media? I mean, like, what, 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 what should we? Once again, we're telling you what not to do. We're telling you how not to behave. How, how should? What should we do? Look. There's a lot of people who want believers who want to do something, right? Sure. E- even if even if it's it's just posting a scripture about God, just, what do we do? Because I don't think the scripture says we shouldn't do anything. Right? Sure. We should just lay down and let the the train run over us, right? What What do you suggest, Pastor? I think I think everyone wants to hear that. Sure. Sure. Well, let me, um, besides the verse here in Proverbs about trusting the Lord, uh, in Psalm 73, as people are looking and thinking it's all bleak, um, the psalmist says in Psalm 73, 16 and 17, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. And so first thing we need to do is we need to look at the big picture of things. And in order to do that, we need to look through the lens of scripture. Hence, we need to stop and think about it, which actually, just as an aside, the word selah in the scriptures basically means stop and think about it. So there we are in the Hebrew. (laughs) But one of the things that we need to continue to uh, be mindful of is uh, we don't necessarily need to try to win arguments and wars on social media. I find that really nobody changes their position ultimately on social media. Um, it's a powerful tool, but I feel for the most part, whatever side people are on, 
they stay on that side. But when they see your godliness, believer, when they see your Christianity and see how you you love even those you disagree with, you don't join them, right? Jesus didn't join with the prostitutes, but he loved them and he, and he ministered to them. He, he didn't love the corrupt uh, um, people involved in, in tax collecting. But he ministered to them, and even Matthew was one of those people. He turned the heart of Saul. And so we ought to trust the Lord our God. Isaiah 8, 12 through 13 says, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him shall you honor as holy. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. Uh, We need to fear the Lord. And not fear the government. We need to fear the Lord our God and not the leaders even who are opposing the Lord our God. We need to have our hearts not be troubled. But the Bible says, uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Uh Uh Oh, so we can pray? We can can pray? pray. And we must pray. Because God understands our hearts like no one else. I'm not going to go to a psychologist and they say, were your shoes too tight when you were five years old? Your dad didn't take you to the zoo? Well, there's your problem. No, I'm bringing my problems to the Lord. I got to start calling you Dr. Phil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing my heartaches. I'm bringing them to the Lord so that he can work on my heart. Maybe I'm not thinking right. Maybe I've not understood that he can comfort my heart in a way that no one else can. Even if your candidate won instead of, you know, uh, has walking papers right now, that still doesn't comfort our hearts because there's still great wickedness in the earth. Yeah. And so we got we got to pray for our new president. We got to pray for the leaders of the world. We have to pray. And what happens is when you pray, right, it says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard or keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's an anchor of peace that we must consistently go and we stay anchored to Christ, who is our peace. And so, yes, we ought to pray for the president, whether you like him or don't like him. We ought to pray for our leaders, whether you like them or don't like them. They are made in the image of God. They are made in with value in that respect. They may be wicked, but we ought to pray that that God would turn their hearts toward him and that they would come to know him. Listen, it happened with the Apostle Paul. He turned to Christ. So if it could happen in the Apostle Paul, it happened in Nineveh. I preached the whole 10 sermon series in Nineveh, and we saw a great revival of repentance. And also, just to, to piggyback on it, you can also pray... And I think you mentioned it a little bit, what you were just saying. Pray that the the country goes back. Pray that we do not slide as far as we are sliding. Pray that there are protections for the church. Pray for the safety of our families and for the neighbors. Pray for, you know, peace in, you know, at least in terms of war in the world. Uh, pray that everybody be saved. And that would solve a lot of our problems. And so the prayer is also for ourselves, for the peace of ourselves. The prayer is for our leaders, but also the prayer is also for for us in general, just that we can, um, in a sense, 
we can affect more change appealing to the ruler of the universe yes. than, we, than we would praying to, you know, just sitting here panicking about what the world's going to be. Um, so that, so I think that's a practical step. Pray, pray, pray about your fears, pray about what you wish the world would be, pray to God that he continues to have his hand upon everything else. And I would say, Pastor Phil, in a, in a practical sense, write a petition, call your senator call your congresswoman call the governor write letters you know you can be proactive god sure. doesn't say you can't act in accordance but do not be afraid do not let what's happening outside affect you when yeah, you know yeah, yeah when you know god is in control you know th- that's that's what i want you to let me hear and once again that starts with objective truth so we have to remember the big picture Not even the gates of hell can overcome the church. And so how much news are you taking into your ears and your eyes? If you have a constant diet of news, um, some of us may have to turn that off, (laughs) practically speaking, and start to look to the good news. Um, Some people spend more hours looking at what's happening in the world than they do spending time with how God tells us to view the world by looking in the scriptures and being in prayer. So if you're spending hours and hours watching the news and very minimal time in the Bible, then what do you think is going to happen to your emotions inside? Uh, The peace of God is not going to be ruling and reigning in your heart because that's not what you're taking in. And so spend much time in the word of God, just generally, not just because of this, but because you need to. You need to hear from God. You need God's truth to be filtering through the lies that come from this world. And you need to be speaking God's truth. Not a name it and claim it kind of a thing. But you need to, as David did, David spoke to his own soul. He spoke and encouraged his own heart. And what did he use? He used the word of God to do that. And so you need different headlines in your heart. You need to put headlines in your heart that God rules and reigns, that everything is going to come out in the end, that not even the gates of hell can overcome the church. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Um, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so all of these great scriptural truths, memorize scripture. Memorize scripture, take it into your heart. And when you're tempted to go off the rails and get all kinds of upset at what's happening, and I'm not saying that we ought not never get upset. We ought to get upset at wickedness, absolutely. But we ought to also have the peace in the midst of the storm. Listen, Jesus stood up in the midst of the storm and he said, peace, be still, because they were afraid. And sometimes Christians, we act as if, Jesus, do you even care? That's what the disciples were saying on the boat. Do you even care that we're going to die? And so they had two problems, two lies. One, they they said Jesus didn't care. And the other one, they said Jesus is going to let him die. <laughs> that wasn't true. Jesus stood up and he calmed the storms. And then they were more afraid at cr- what Christ did and who Christ was than the storm that they just believed was going to kill them. So you think there's a political storm? Okay. Let's say I'm on board with you. Let's say it's a political storm. And you're saying, God, don't you even care? We're going to die. Not so. Not so. We have the Prince of Peace in our hearts through the ruling and reigning Holy Spirit. And we ought to focus on who he is 
and not who we are and not who our leaders are, but who he is. Don't take your eyes off of who he is. Lift your eyes to the throne. Lift your eyes to the hills from whence comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah, and I and I would and I would just add, you know, that I think prayer, I think being proactive, being peaceful, um, and and I would definitely second what you said about uh, watching the news. I, I mean, throughout the whole Trump era, every two weeks was a crisis. Every two weeks, and then two weeks later, the crisis that was a crisis stopped being a crisis, and now this new thing is a crisis, and. You know, it can keep your heart in this constant treadmill. And the Bible is telling you that, you know, I think in Ecclesiastes, everything that's happened before has happened happened before. And everything's going to happen. is Nothing is new under the sun. And I would just leave you with the idea of Romans 12, 18, that our desire should be is to be good citizens and to live peaceful lives. That's all that we really want. I would pray for that every day. And I would I wouldn't worry about it, you know. The Bible tells us not to worry. Um, it commands if, us not to worry. To worry, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and don't worry, and and, and be sh- and be be aware that if something comes up that you need to know, we will let you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, we do need to evangelize the lost, both leaders in our country as well as the everyday citizen. Uh, people need Christ. Every single person on this planet needs Christ. And the Bible says, kiss the son, um, lest he be angry. And that is a picture of a greater ruling king throwing a a far less superior king down at his feet. And that lesser king ought to kiss the feet of the son, and that would be Christ. Uh, lest he get angry and, and crush them under his foot. It's not us who are going to crush people, but God will in the end. This is not hate speech. This is the truth of the gospel. And we believe in truth because God, the truth, spoke truth into our hearts. Well, to end, I'd like to give John Bunyan the last word, who said, the reason why the Christians in this day are at such a loss as to some things, is that they are contented with what comes from man's mouth without searching and kneeling before God to know of him the truth of things. John Bunyan being the writer of Pilgrim's Progress. And if you haven't read that, you need to. Uh, What an incredible man of prayer who was thrown in jail uh, himself for the truth of the gospel. Well, let me just plug a quick infomercial. The store for Soul Fishing Ministries is up. We have a few products on there. We're going to be adding more along the way. We have shirts and sweatshirts and hats and mugs. And so if you would go check that out, if you would like to um, support us in that way, uh, it would be a great blessing. And all of that will go to support the ministry and bring the gospel to the lost and edify the saints. Thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener-supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax-deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.